Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. You know Audible.com has uh, thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, but it also offers a lot of other content. So head over to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth and sign up for the free trial and check out all the content. I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to, and this is because of the guests. These are people who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today's no different. My guest today is Vinny Fisher. Vinny is an entrepreneur and a best-selling author who has over 20 years of experience growing and scaling multiple eight-figure companies. His most recent mission is helping e-commerce, tech, and digital business owners improve their financial fluency and operate their accounting back office as a profit center. I love that phrase. Thanks so much for joining me today, Vinny. Uh, Diane, thanks for the kind introduction and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious about this topic of financial fluency and, and you know, what made you think of it? Uh, I lived it. And so what made me think of it was, you know, I, I had to solve a problem in my life. I, I every day wake up wanting more gross revenue. And what I, what I realized in the process was I lacked just enough relationship to the language of business, which is finance in its terms. I was afraid of language that I didn't know or understand. So I avoided the bottom line or the profit margin. And so I had this massive leaky bucket in my organization. Uh, And as a result of that was my willful avoidance 
of being able to manage the profit margin of the company, it was because of what would look like my ignorance at the base level of what the chief of the company should have as it relates to uh, financial fluency of the company. Boy, I feel like you just told the story of almost every small business owner. <laughs> yeah, I lived it. That's how I built this entire company. So I'm not in any position of the four core functions of an accounting department, be it the master bookkeeper, the data analyst, the controller, or the CFO. Those are the four primary functions of an operating department. I'm not any of those. But I've learned that and I and thankfully have solved my own problem along the way of first off needing that active department in my company, in companies. Then also along the way, I got enough cocktail napkin intelligence around understanding it and, and embraced my role in the process. Ah, okay. I, I feel like that is a, a key aspect of this. So it, it, is the role of the owner to be doing the finances or to be have fluency, to be knowledgeable about what needs to be done? Definitely the role is not to be doing it, right? So our motto is time, money, and resources. Win back your time to be doing the things you should be doing spend a fraction of the cost you would otherwise do to, to staff that internally and have a lot more resources than because of the expertise built for you already. And so inherently my role is to have enough intelligence, meaning understand like what cash flow differences from what a profit and loss statement is and have information provided to me so that I can identify the core issues of the company that need to be addressed. So once something went on in my head that these problems in our business were an opportunity for me to fix them, I then would deploy the right talent and resources to do that. And what got off of me was needing to be the one to do it, but making sure I knew it needed to be done. Yeah, right. Wow. Okay, talk to me about profit margin. What it, what is like the average profit margin for small businesses, or no, is there one? There, there is actually, and so uh, if you look overall standard, the, the average profit margin across every company, when you take the median average of that, is eleven percent. What I think is a detailed answer that people would want is each industry. Every one of us live within an industry. Each industry that would you would identify in your business also has its own acceptable profit margin. Actually, what led to the basis of Fully Accountable, I was operating a large health supplement company that I built. We were profiting at 8%, just enough to be able to keep the doors open and invest every dollar back in growing the thing. Well, when the first basis of this company was formed, it was the light bulb moment of realizing it wasn't my gross revenue, it's what I keep in our pocket that matters. When that light bulb moment went on, I was introduced to the idea of the profit margin of the type of health supplement company I was running should have been profiting around 22%. Immediately, overnight, I realized we were losing 14% not gaining 8% of margin. And so my goal became, how do I identify 
in the leaky bucket where I'm losing those 14 points of margin. So I would recommend everybody within your industry have a target, have something which you can gauge against so you can see if you're above or below. Because even being above that margin could speak to things like understaffed. Uh, maybe you're, there are things you haven't developed and deployed and processed and improvement. You might need people. So that once you have that target, yay, I'd like to be above it. But that might also speak to holdbacks to scale as it leads to why you're growing the business. So that target helps in both directions. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm really glad that we're talking about this because I think most small business owners focus on revenue and not on profit margin and then wonder why they don't have any money. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I lived on this what I consider ridiculous roller coaster of emotions throughout the initial phase of my career. So much so, uh, I wrote a book about this, and I'd actually like to give this to all of our listeners because you're awesome, and we love to give things away, and it's no strings attached. But at fullyaccountable.com forward slash accelerate your business, you can get not only the book I'm going to mention, but our other books and resources, how to do everything we do. If you want to go do it yourself, and the book is false profits. It's not the top line that pays you. And and, and, and when I started to become and realize that as the chief leader of our organization, if I become the chief defender of profit margin, then I can have a much more mature relationship with the CFO who ultimately should be every day waking up, figuring out ways to improve profit margin. But since I'm in it and leading it, I, I suddenly can deploy and activate people and resources to uh, tackle that battle. Got it. Well, thank you for that. I will definitely make sure that that link is also in the show notes. Uh, I think that's it's tremendous and, and really great for the listeners. Yeah, there'll be all um, kinds of stuff in there, Diane. Like, you know, we give away the resources of how to go build this office for yourself. You know, before all the pandemic and everything, our number one objection was, oh, I'd like to have that in the building. Well, fast forward to now, that objection is gone because you know, people aren't even in offices, right? And, and so we're dealing with the real issue about expertise and the use of your dollars. And so what I would say to any small organization, not just the back office or accounting function, you know, as you grow as a business, outsourcing as a category is a critical element to, a, to the speed of growth of an organization. It's the early on move that an organization should use. Building an internal piece is, is a process improvement, not an immediate first reaction. Ah, that's interesting. So, okay, I want to make sure I'm hearing that accurately. What I think I heard you say is that business owners should um, outsource like back office functions early on because it's the quickest way to getting them handled because those people already know how to do them as opposed to trying to weave that into your business. Yeah. Yep. And um, I think if people, you know, other than, I, I really think it's hard for, uh, for us as leaders and I think this makes sense to me. And, and, and by the way, I wrote a book about this called The CEO's Mindset, which you'll also get as part of this. But there are six core functions of a company. And without breaking all those out, the one function that I think is tough is to break away is the brain. 
and the brain, be it like the leader of the business, maybe even the COO, the people who are really its heartbeat, that's tough to outsource. But customer service, banking, finance, accounting, mm -hmm. customer service as it relates to the deployment of the customer, maybe even a marketing agency by channel, all of those functions require expertise. And the fastest move for the brain is to actually outsource the body parts. If along the way you decide through growth and scale, you may want to uh, look at, consider investing in one of those categories internally, that would be your second move. And now with the advent of technology, that should be the move of the small and medium-sized business. Outsource first, insource second. That's fascinating. Okay, so, and, and you mentioned before about, you know, now after, well, you know, since COVID, whatever, uh, people are working from home and, and so things have sort of changed. I, I'm curious how you feel about the working from home environment and the impact that's had on small business owners. Um, yes, I love it. I mean, since the beginning of our business, you know, we have run a hybrid model and, you know, we call the people who work from home our homies and we really embrace culture and that name came from one of our homies and it's stuck. But the more, the bigger point to be made there is, you know, at a time where uh, people, we, we looked kind of nuts and crazy for supporting a hybrid model. And now it's the norm. And, and, and I think what people are catching up to is learning out how to manage between both. And I think uh, that as the marketplace matures into this category, I don't think we're ever going to go back to one or the other. I think there's going to be, I, and I think large businesses in certain categories have been doing this for a long time, but now it's becoming this mainstream idea because it was forced on us. And so since it's been forced on us, I think you're going to see this next phase of, of, of process and improvement embrace a hybrid work culture. And that's why you're seeing like co-working space and this idea where you like kind of rent an office even inside of your own company and this, this furloughing of some days in, some days out, all of that stuff kind of existed. And now companies are, are, are you know, it, it exposed this idea that you can only have good people working in your building. Well, that's not true. And mm -hmm. so I think you're, we're going to see a massive uptick of hiring people who are the best and sitting in the right spot in your company. And that no longer dictates whether they're sitting in your building. Yeah, it's going to be so, I mean, I think it's been so interesting, all these companies that didn't think that they could have people working from home and then they're not given a choice. And so they, excuse me, they figure out how to make it work. And here we are, it's working. And, uh, and it just provides so much more flexibility for everybody. It's, it's, it truly does. It's harder in some respects, but the harder part, honestly, is this mm -hmm. habit of doing it one way versus another. And so you will come to find as a business, if you can embrace parts of hybrid, then even outsourcing makes more sense. And so, uh, because then you're managing both, you know, internally and externally. And so really what needs to be battled there is the habit of how you manage, not whether or not one's better than the other. Ah, that's interesting. I like that a lot. 
And it really does point to outsourcing being more, more, excuse me, more of a thing, more, more palatable. Um, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have thousands of titles to choose from, as well as podcasts, Audible Originals, Guided Meditations, and more. One of my favorite audiobooks is Everyone Deserves a Great Manager by Scott Miller. For me, I love being able to listen to it anywhere and across my devices without losing my place. And I think you will too. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to explore the variety of audiobooks and programs for yourself. I'm curious about small businesses. It, it feels to me like a lot of small businesses position themselves poorly um, and that they could reposition. But I, I guess I'm curious about is all it takes is to, to figure out, you know, make sure they have financial fluency, figure out how to, you know, best handle all of those functions that aren't the ones that, that only they can do? Or um, are there other things you think small business owners can be doing or at least exploring to put themselves in a position where, um, you know, maybe they get more opportunities for business? Yeah, I think it's a, a great question, actually. And I think it speaks to even a bigger topic. You know, I, I'm thankful that the way I just have conducted business and matured over time, my general inclination is to solve problems I have. And I would create a solution and I'm a problem solution oriented person. And so it's led to most of my stuff created buried in there is I think a very critical component to the community. And it's this idea of a value proposition. So, you know, you have to be able to be solving a problem. If you can solve it for yourself, great, but you gotta be able to solve it for others. Now, here's what's interesting in this whole idea of a value proposition. You know, it, it, you know one of the things about that is no one knows unless you amplify and promote what it is you do. And so lots of businesses will rely on this organic word of mouth referral thing. And then when it, when it's, when it's, when they're on the rise, they got lots of work. They, they, they don't do any stealth promotion when they, when it's low, all of a sudden they're freaking out and cutting people because they didn't have any flow of lead flow coming in. And I'd say there's a natural progression in business. When you're a smaller business, when you're doing under, seven figures of annualized revenue. By the way, only 7% of all companies do over a million dollars of annualized revenue. So the vast majority of companies are doing smaller. And when you look at service companies, the break is really between 150,000 on the small side to above 500,000 as they start to get bigger. So they can even look at their micro set when a business is small. And in the case of the clients we serve under a million dollars, we would say you have to work on getting an offer converting. You have a value proposition problem. When you're above a million dollars, you have probably by definition of revenue solved a value proposition problem. And now you probably have a process 
people and profit problem. And you need to focus and change your gears as to what you're mm -hmm. working on. So really depending on the age and stage of your business and where you are in your cycle, you may actually have an offer slash value proposition or a process problem. That's fascinating. Okay. <laughs> this may sound like a strange question, but how do they go about figuring out where the problem is? Well, I always start with the generation of customers, right? So if, if I actually don't have a growing business in lead flow, then I have an offer problem. And so my offer may not be an irresistible offer. I may actually oh. not be solving a problem that allows me to have more customers. I may actually... Uh, not truly be offering value I, I, in the way I believe I am. So I need to innovate on that side of the business always, regardless of my size. So I always start there. But if you can look and take inventory of your business and your problems look operational and your looks like fulfillment and it looks like consistency and efficiency, then I would say you have a process and people problem. So as the mature leader, and again, I want to put a little bit of asterisks around that because I'm probably the most immature person in the building, but as a mature <laughs> leader of the business, my job is to pay attention and look at that. And when I actually have a healthy perspective to my role as it relates to the company, then my job is to see what's really our issue. And those are readily identifiable. And so we live in the um, process improvement and people category. So stuff above a million dollars. We improve how to double your profit margin. We don't help you create an irresistible offer. That's on you, the leader. Okay. Or Does another it... agency or an outsourcer. But Ooh, I, yeah. I will tell you, this is where I say certain things are tough to outsource. I think when you look to an organization to outsource, they help you speed up, right? So if yeah. you want to do everything we, we do, you can do it. Yeah. But we help you go faster in yeah. an expertise and save money. If you like want to be your own marketer or your own agency, you can do it. They just help you go faster. So there are certain categories that going faster isn't always the best move. Yeah, right, right. It does seem to take um, uh, the ability to be um, self-aware and inquisitive, you know, and, and be able to, to you, you said something before about that you have to be able to um, really look at the business and be able to identify where the problems are. And that feels to me like, you know, the owner has to be able to acknowledge that there are problems, that something is not operating. Yeah, and I think until you take more hits, I, I, I don't, huh. I, I'm not here to say that if you don't take hits, you can't do it. But I would uh -huh. say the vast majority of businesses, as a leader takes more hits, they start to have the wherewithal to do that. Now, I will tell you, something more objective is the bigger problem. I think it's really hard to be able to look at your business when you're one of the core widgets of the business. Yeah. So if, if you are the reason it moves in every function of what you deliver and what you do, it's super hard to step away and look at you and it. 
so if the shadow is cast by you, it's going to be really hard to step away from that. And, and you're going to be on this roller coaster crazy train probably longer than a business that isn't built that way. Yeah, I think that's right. That makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, now, are there steps that a business owner should go through or are there things they should look for when they are, are looking for firm of, you know, firms to outsource to? Yeah. So let's, let's go, let's, let's look at it like a checklist. Let's say okay. we start with my offers converting, then we have revenue. And then we decide based on the industry we're at, like what's a small, medium and large size version of the type of industry I'm at. Where am I in my, you know, current snapshot there? If I'm really small, then I probably need to make sure my resources are being spent at how to acquire customers profitably. Then if I start to get a little larger within the category I'm in, at some point, the struggle of systems and process and operations and people start to kick in. You start to have maturity issues. The, one of the cadence problems I had in business is I wanted my fifth year right now, meaning I wanted my later version of maturity now because I thought that's what I needed and it was out of cadence. So the first thing I do as a business owner and what I would encourage anyone to do is to honestly take a, a temperature of what size you are. And I, I like revenue as a component there as it relates to your industry. That's true of service companies, product companies. Start there. And then you say, wait a minute, do I need everyone always wants more customers. So that's, everyone's going to say they want more customers, but is my problem, my offer converting, or is my problem that I'm losing customers out the backside and I, mm -hmm. and I don't really know who I'm talking to. Do I really need to tighten up my audience? And so that's where I would start. And then for us, we say, if you're looking for process improvement, that's a growth item that I really think maturing businesses should pay attention to. If I'm still trying to meet my basic needs, and have a customer base, it's probably too early to worry about that. That's interesting. Wow, thanks for that. This, this is um, so interesting. And, and I think my last question is, are there pitfalls, you know, outside of what you've mentioned about you may not be, you may not be time yet, you know, whatnot, but are, are there other pitfalls? Um, when outsourcing and our potential pitfalls. And yep, are there there really that, are, Diana. Okay. And actually so much so we recognize this, that as part of those free gifts in that page where you're going to get them, uh, we provided an entire guide about how to effectively look for it and do it. That is outsource as a category. So really digest that guide and go through it because it's going to help you identify some of these landmines. And that's true of accounting and finance, fulfillment, customer service, agency. Uh, there, there are really some of those land, same landmines across each of those categories. Got it. Okay. And, and does, that, does it also help explain like how, how to mitigate for it to make sure that uh, outside of not going with a particular company. 
yeah, we don't really pick on groups or particular things. I mean, uh, we, we, we believe our only competition is ourselves in our mind, but so we believe in collaboration, not competition, but, um, so yes, it does. And one, some red flags I would always be worried about is, you know, I just spoke to a gentleman the other day who was looking to do a strategic partnership with us. They lived in the franchise world. Well, we just don't live there. And I said, I don't think we're going to be a good partner of yours. And he said, why? I said, because we don't spend time trying to be an expert there. There are other people. He's like, so you're not an expert in accounting? I'm like, yes, but we also are a subject matter expert in e-commerce and all things digital. I said, you really want someone who's a franchisee type accountant? He's like, oh. And so one of the big mistakes that always blows my mind is when someone's outsourcing, it's not looking for an outsource in my instance of an accounting expert. You want an accounting expert who spoke, who has industry expertise and it's going to really move the needle. So that's one of the obvious answers that I think people think, oh, I'll just hire an accounting expert. Well, I would love it if they also, because of today's ability, had the uh, industry expertise of what it is I do. Got it. That's great. Thank you. Uh, that That is really incredible. Will, will you, um, and I so appreciate you spending time with us, Vinny, will you um, remind the listeners how they can find you and, and the link that you mentioned where they can uh, get your book and all those resources, please? Yeah. Yeah. And so if you want to follow any of the stuff we write about and post, you can check out our blog. You can also go to Vinnie Fisher at all the social handles. But if you want to get directly to us, you just go to fullyaccountable.com. If you want access to the resources, you just go to fullyaccountable.com forward slash accelerate your business. And in there, we'll have all those resources we talked about. And we then finally, through all of this, you know, closed down and we created an email address. We care at fullyaccountable.com where we want to help you win at doubling your profit margin. And whether we're the right fit or someone else is, we want to help you do that for yourself and get there. And so uh, go ahead and ask the question you have. And if we're not the right fit, we'll try our best to get you the one who is. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. Uh, This is some pretty great information for you. I'd also like to thank our sponsor uh, to get a free trial of audible.com go to audibletrial.com slash business growth, and then make sure that you explore all of the audio content there, uh, audiobooks and more. Uh, As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Whether you're buying a new car or used one, it's a big investment which is why you should choose Pennzoil Platinum. It helps extend the life of your engine and protect it up to 15 years or 500,000 miles, whichever comes first, guaranteed. That's because Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas and 99.5% free from engine-clogging impurities. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Enrollment required? Keep your receipts. Other conditions apply? See Pennzoil.com warranty for full details. Find it at Firestone Complete Auto Care. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.